Mark Welcome to the Mark Stare Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest tonight's adventures throughout the world of live and local music. My name is Mark Staring. I'm a 20 plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check out MarkStaringMusic.net for upcoming shows, news, and info. If you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Music Podcast. Highlight gig of the week was rocking the St. Paul Saints game at 9.30 a.m. on Tuesday. I couldn't believe that crowd. This week's podcast, number 344, on Thursday, May 26, 2022, is part one of two with Minnesota guitarist Joe Flip. We talk oil can guitars, slide guitar technique, and more. Enjoy the conversation. Joe Flip. Welcome to the Mark Stare Music Podcast. Mark Stare, thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for coming out here. We're here at the beautiful B-Dale Club, a proud sponsor of the show. On this beautiful Tuesday evening here, it is summer out. There's softball. There's the cribbage. What did he say it was called now again? Oh, the chess club? Chess Society here is going on here at the B-Dale Club. They're getting a little, they're getting a little classy on us, which is cool. And uh, contacted Joe, uh, saw him on Facebook doing some cool stuff, so thought he'd be a good candidate for coming down here to be on the podcast. So thanks for coming down, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, what you been listening to lately? Man, well, I was I was just listening to the the Black the Black Keys were on a podcast I was listening to. Um, I haven't heard them in a while. I think I'm going to go back and check. They, their new album is coming up Friday. And uh, they're on the Rogan podcast. Rogan's like, dude, it's so sick. It's released this Friday. Okay. So I want to listen to that. But um, have you experimented with that that guitar playing style? I think it's kind of like what's the uh, guy with the song Gary Clark Jr. Some of his songs that really deep or whatever makes. I don't know what would you call that guitar style of the Black Keys. Yeah, I think it's like it's like a fuzz. Like what is that? Fuzz. That's like the muff pedal or something. The big muff. Okay. Yeah, I don't know as much about pedals compared to a lot of my other fellow guitar nerds. Friends. I know nothing about them. So <laughs> yeah, like so I think it's like a fuzzy thing. Kind of like Gary Clark Jr. has a lot of fuzz and reverb and like the humbuckers. Um, I think uh, like the Black Keys, like they were saying, like a lot of their in- inspirations were like a lot of the they called it. Um, what did they call that that blues genre? Mississippi Hill Blues is that what they called it? Uh, Hill. I can't think of what it is either. So yeah, but 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 like R.L. Burnside has like yeah, a I cool, love him. Yeah, like. What's up, baby? It's kind of a different um, style of blues, but yeah, I think that that just that really like we were just saying like I, I feel like that cool bluesy indie rock kind of like went mainstream for like a while when they had Jet, um, yes. Black Keys, White Stripes, um, like that was like they really mainstream for like a couple of years, and I think it still is like popular, but it was like super mainstream for a time there. Um, or even the R.L. Burns side, like remember that um, ass ass pocket full of blues. Is that is that the one where it was like re, redone? Yes, that well that oh, was that the was ass so pocket cool. full of blues. I think he did with some kind of punk rock band. They did it like four hours, and there's like a there's like a movie you can watch on YouTube oh God, about it. Up. And he, they they take and pick him up and they just feed him vodka and they record they record what and then they redid it. They Who did, did they the, feed vodka to? R.L. and he just gets hammered. And they what? recorded the record. It's called Ass Pocket Full of Blues. I think. 
and then or ass pocket full of whiskey, and then they nice. remixed it later on. I think maybe after he passed, and I have a playlist of it actually on my phone, and it's really cool. They bring in like some some rap guys, add yeah. like cool beats and stuff. And uh, this is when I was thinking of this. This is um, a bothered mind. This album cover, that album right there, a bothered mind. That's yeah, the one you're talking about. That's he had. He had two or three of those records that oh, they okay. did those mixes, I, and that's real fuzzy and cool. Yeah. Oh, it's so. It's it's and it's like because uh, his his stuff was all like old school blues. But when I, I, what I heard when I googled that story, I heard it was a uh, a producer from like South Korea or China or Japan. There's some guy out there. It's just a, like a dance producer guy, EDM music producer, and he like basically produced this record and made it super like contemporary. And it mixed, it mixed and matched so freaking good. And it sounded so good with his voice, and it's still bluesy. And like I remember for me when I was a kid, like I just grew up listening to like all the old classic rock, blues, old country. And I never, I never back then, I never listened to like pop music or rap music. But um, but now when I hear rap mixed with like blues in a good way, I'm like, oh, it works so well. Like, it does. Not even rap, but just like that that '90s kind of hip hop drum beat. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of like, I feel like Hendrix kind of had that. Like a lot of his stuff was just like, wow, you know, just that little funky. Yeah, funky. This you could throw like, maybe it's just that blues, that the modern pentatonic scale just goes with anything. Like goes with funk. It goes with you know, blues, jazz, hip hop, like it goes with anything. Yeah, know? it does. Yeah, it's uh, maybe it's just that modern pentatonic is just so nasty good. And just think, he's just this old timer, this old time blues guy sitting around the house, you yeah. know, that would play his slide guitar, and he had a total resurgence of his career, probably in his sixties oh, or whatever. Huge, yeah. And I wonder, like, if they would have picked any other blues guy, would, would it have worked? Like, sometimes when you would have the right producer, the right guy, sometimes it's just magic, you know. But like in theory, I, I would think it would have worked. It would have worked, I would think. But like, what if you just called up, you know, Buddy Guy or something? Like, would it, would it have sounded as? I, don't, wanna... I think it might have to be a slide guy. So you take like I love Hound Dog mm. Taylor. You know, he's got that kind of real. It, it's in the outlaw biker bar beer drinking. Yeah. You just instantly rough think of biker attitude, bars. You know, with an urban twist or whatever. Uh... Give me back my I love this stuff, actually. Yeah. I've never really gotten into the Black Keys. I don't really mo- know much about them. I had a, a boss of mine years and years ago that loved them when they first were starting off, and he would knew them and did all this stuff. But uh, I don't really dive into the whole big fuzz pedal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do a lot of slide work? Oh, actually, like so, like slide is always like scared the hell out of me. It's almost like you know, like it's like trying to play violin. It's like similar but so far away different. So then, like. Um, you know, it's scary as a guitar player because it's a whole different thing. There's the that scale, the d- dynamics, the touch, and everything. And then, so I would, if I did do it, it was just very, very like uh, rudimentary, you know, slide blues stuff. But I think one of the f- first times I did it was with that video with Indiara where we did um, just a very simple Amazing Grace rhythm section thing. <laughs> Uh, 
And I just I wanted to do it very simple like that. And then um, and that video turned out to be a, a really big hit. And then the next thing with Tony Cachetti, we did uh, one of my songs, Mess Around, and that was Slide. So it's funny, I was telling John that, who recorded that song, I was like, dude, the funny thing is, like, I've, that's the only time I've ever played Slide is in the studio. Like, I've never, <laughs> never gigged playing a Slide ever before. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, I think maybe my confidence level is going up a little bit. So, <laughs> so now, I'm, even today, I was playing the Slide a little bit on the couch. So I'm like, I'm trying to gain a little bit more um, in my repertoire. What is tricky about it? And so for folks listening everything. who don't know what a slide is, let's say like my, my grandma's listening, oh, how would sure. you describe a slide guitar playing? Well, so like when you play guitar, so you your left hand pushes down on the strings on the, and there's frets. So you can it's like it's like kind of like keys on the keyboard. I know I can see the notes. If I put my finger on this note, I hit it, and that's a C note or a C sharp. And my right hand obviously plucks the note string. Now a slide, you have this little like um, it's like the shape of a D battery, but it's like a cylinder you slide on your finger. It's usually like metal or whatever glass, and you slide the strings up. So you're not push because you don't want it. The strings are only like what an eighth inch, quarter inch off the fretboard. So instead of pushing down, you're sliding, just barely touching the strings. And you don't want to knock the frets, otherwise it's gonna make it all sound goofy. In need of something new but can't seem to find the perfect fit? Pre-order your Ram 1500 Laramie and ID Chrysler Zombrota. Visit us online or stop by ID Chrysler Zombrota to pre-order your vehicle today. I know I still love my black Jeep Cherokee get from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles in my old car, just much for that poor thing to take. I found myself looking for a new dream ride at ID Chrysler. And the staff can be more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out the inventory at Zombrota CD. CDGR.com or take a beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombrota, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zombrota today. Enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. I want to tell you about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville, St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located in the corner of County B, and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the Stone Cold Truth. The mini golf tournament last Sunday was a big success. Thanks to all who supported. We made over $600 for canine-inspired change. Natalie, Shelley, now does the entire bar staff. We're also stating our cocktail wizards as of late. My libation of choice is the classic Greyhound cocktail near the quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair. Tasty little devils, live music, pool table, Pull tabs, Tuesday night chess society, bingo, meat raffle, bocce ball, Thursdays, and much, much more. B Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. And also, you can't just push down to the fret, so it's almost like singing where you have to hover just over the note to so it's not sharper or flat. But the, so there's pros and cons to it. So the positive is you can make it very vocal, like for so a piano, you know, or even a fretted guitar, it's either C sharp, D, D sharp, it's one of the two, unless you bend it. But a voice, you know, you can you can go, you can hover like a, you know a million semitones, infinity from. Yep. So a slide, you can do that, so you can get way more vocally with it, and like that's why it works so well with like soul and blues and vocal runs, and vibratos and stuff like that. So it's it's hard because, um, and then if you change the tuning, so now everything it's kind of like if you have one roadmap of like where you live in your town, and now if you change. All the roadmaps, or like if you move to a whole new town, it, it's all the intersections are totally different. So if you, it's like 
you know, or if you know piano, where you know all the notes, and all of a sudden you just jumble everything up differently and zigzag them. So now you now the different tuning, all your chords and scales are totally different. So you have to learn them all over again. There's millions, there's tons of different tunings. There's open E, open D, A, whatever. Open G. G, yeah. So I don't know, but for me, like, I, when I, I don't monkey around with the other tunings. I'm just, yeah, I, I like do half a step simple. down, regular, and that's it. Yeah, I like to keep it simple. And then, like, so what I've been doing is, like, well, I'm not going to be, like, this amazing, uh, crazy slide player, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to do, like, just good enough where it sounds good to me and keep it simple. But I think the cool thing is when I did when I did do different tunings, it, it kind of throws your, the, the, music theory, the music theory that you do know, it kind of th- throws it out the window. So it forces you to really just listen to notes and chords and make up your own chords. So that's when I did that song, uh, Cafe, that acoustic song. I heard that, yeah. Yeah, so that one, what I did is I, I tuned it to open E, I think, or open D. So because of that, I, I literally know like no chords anymore or scales. So I was playing with it, and I was I was basically playing like a, a very major scale run on just on the, the high E string, so I can kind of count the half semitones. And then I was I was doing okay if I did, if I played an E chord in open E, what is that? I have no idea what it is. So I played it, and it sounded really weird. So like, what if I move it up two steps with all the open strings? What, and that sounded weird. So I'm like, I'll use that chord. I have no idea what it is. So then I played around with all these different things. Um, so I have no idea what the chords are, but it forced me to really listen to the tones and like the and the, the melodies to, which is kind of cool because as a musician you always like there could never be enough music theory, but when you when it really forces you to throw it out, out the window, it's, you go back to square one again, which is cool. Where did you record that song? That one. So funny thing about that one, I recorded it um, on my couch in my living room. And uh, I, I was working a couple of times because that song is such a dynamic acoustic s- song. So for me, I had such little intricate parts and, and like the percussion in there. So I, I took I, I bought all these um, professional like it's a, I think it's a djembe or a udu. I think it's a udu and, and djembe or something. And I, I took all these slices. I sliced them up. And then I had the range with the way I wanted the dynamics just about right. And I kind of recorded it as like a sample like as a demo on my couch. With like the nice microphone and everything, and I wanted to take that to the studio and then re-record it with a with a studio microphone or whatever. And then um, I sat on it for like forever, and I, I never got around to doing it. And I think it was right around like the COVID quarantine times. I was looking through my old songs that like most people do, and I was like, God! And I was trying to re-record it just at home again. And I was like, I can't get it just right how I hit it that one time. Like. It's kind of like like you evolve, so it's like I would have I would, I, if I played it now, I, I would have played it a little bit differently or a little bit not as soft or whatever. So I couldn't get it right. So I just took that those dry stems, I sent it to my engineer, and I said, "Hey, just mix it down, uh, master it." Who's your engineer? Uh, John Wright from um, Lado and Wright. John yep. Wright. John Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Lisi played in my band for ten thousand years. Yeah, she played Vi- in four of my records. Violin player. Yeah. What? Yeah, she was in the Mark Sterry and Whiskey Roses band. She traveled with me to Nashville a million times. John uh, mixed our first album, actually. What? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so that's where I, because I, I did, um, I think I did all my recording, I believe, with him. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. So I just sent it to him, like, hey, just mix it for me. And then I sent it to someone for mastering. Um, Who do you, Greg Ryerson? Um, for this time, I think I tried someone else that was out of town in Nashville or something that was recommended someone over there but otherwise I think Mark Healy um, is usually the guy I think I think that's John's like studio partner 
He's the guy in, in Badfinger band. Oh, I know Mark. Yeah. Mark Healy, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So he does mastering too. I did not know he did mastering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know Mark for sure. Yeah, yeah he, he plays... mastered um, our album with Tony Cacchetti, that whole, that whole thing. Wow. Yeah, Mark's cool. I haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, I'd love to get Joey Molland. Yeah. Just since I'm a harmonica player. Yeah. Can you tell me about that, that Hey Burner Oil video? Can? Yeah. Oh, the video with Indiara? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's Isn't she awesome? She's incredible. Yeah. Have you heard about her before? Never. Really? Not since researching you for this podcast. Oh, dude, she is so good. Okay, so that story is so cool. So I I think I've seen some of her videos maybe here and there. So my, so how did I – it was a friend of mine from Nashville. Um, I think she runs a, uh, a jam, a blues jam in Nashville, and I think – she was saying, hey, check out my friend Indiara. She's in town from Brazil. So her and her husband are from Brazil. And um, uh, they're like, they're in town, like just kind of bumming around for a couple of weeks, like a like a steak or vacation kind of thing to like hang out in the, in the States and like check out some jams, network, hang out. So anyway, I'm like, I'm like oh, that's, and I heard her play. I'm like, oh, she's amazing. It's like, it's like the Derek Trucks of harmonica. Like just that tone is just yeah. killer. So then I, th- I think I messaged my friend Kara and I was like, well, man, she's awesome. If she's in town, if she wants to make it up to Minnesota, uh, they're, they're welcome to stay at my place and then they can come to my gigs. We can, I'll take them to the jams, introduce them to everyone I know, do some networking. And they're like, yeah, they're down. So, so we made it work. So they, I think they flew up here. They crashed in my house for like a week. Um, I, I happened to have like five or six gigs that week. And so I took them to like every single one. We took them to some like radio um Interview stuff. I took them to jams, the Shaw's Jam, Minnesota Music Cafe. Um, I think. Uh, uh, Lebskis. Lebskis. I think. Yeah, I think I took her to the mall. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, and she's one of those people where she like took out her uh, was it Marine Band? I think her Special Twenty, Marine Band, and just takes it out of the box and just sounds phenomenal. You know. Anyway, so um, it's such a soulful, uh, soulful player so i had i had kind of this vision I'm like oh, i gotta like record something with her like it'd be so cool like so I, ha- I had this vision of like what if we did like amazing grace like very soulful dynamic bluesy and my my thought was like what if we did it at the cathedral in saint paul like what if we like not rent not rent it up but like ask him if he can like go in there and like the whole church reverb ambiance what if we got this professional video guy and just make this really cool uh, amazing grace video like I'll, I'll just play a very simple slide on the oil can guitar and so we w- actually went there and i think we tried to talk to someone there and ask if we could do it and i think it just didn't work out with the schedule i think they said we had to come like next week maybe we could do it so we ended up doing it at john wright's studio so that's where we shot the video at so we went there and then we we're like well let's try it so i, I think she told me do it in f or something so i, t- I tuned it to open f and we did like two takes and that we used, we used the second take and that was it and so we had a, um, a guy shoot the video of it. So we were shooting the video at, literally as we were recording the thing, our second take. And then it was awesome. So she like, she's pretty popular. It's like her videos are like millions and millions of views. So then I, we posted that thing, and that, that, that kind of took off. And it's, it's cool because all the comments on YouTube, they're all different languages. So every once in a while, I'll go in there, and I'll read like, um, I'll use that Google Translator and I'll read the comments and then I'll translate back in their language. Wow. That's cool. Do you ever plan to work with her again? Yeah, hopefully. I think she's back in Brazil now. Like she was she was see, at my place for like a week. I think she came back 
I think then after that, I think she went to Chicago for a little bit. I think she might have came back for a little for another time. Um, and then um, our next thing I saw, like now, now she's got like she's working like she's doing like lesson videos with Honer Harmonica now. Wow. And then and I, th- I think I saw a couple of years ago she was doing like Nile Rogers reached out to her and asked her like to tour with, with him in some European tour for like a couple shows or something. So she's like I think she's blowing up right now. Wow. So, so she's killing it. So yeah, if I ever um, I had um, I had a song another song I've been sitting on like I kind of want to have her. her Record some harmonica on, so I might see if the schedules work out for that. But um, yeah, I'd love to. It's um, yeah, she's she's amazing, killing it. That's cool, man. You mind telling us a story of your oil can guitar? Yeah. So my my buddy, uh, my neighbor Mike was over, and he was like, I think it was like a marching band trumpet guy in high school, and he was kind of noodling a little bit of acoustic guitar, so I was kind of showing him some tips on that. So long story short, I think we're talking about like cigar boxes or oil can guitars. And I was like, oh, I think I saw a goofy video of one guy with a cigar box or oil can. I might buy one because we can't make one, can we? And he's, and he's like a super handyman guy. Like he works with metal fab or something. And he's like, oh, we can try it. It should be easy. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, all we got to do this is this. And then by, by next week or next next month or whatever, we'll have it done. And then like weeks went by, months went by. We kept fiddling with it. And it was it was just the engineering of like an oil can guitar is so hard to cut everything off and get the action low, like to fret it. Cause Jesus. Because you, you can put like, you know, you could take a bar stool and put strings on it and then like play slide on it and it's technically a guitar. But to have it like intonated, like um, in the action low, so it took forever. Finally made one. It looked ugly as hell. I took all, went through all my old guitar parts and oil cans and it, and then it sounded amazing because like the because an electric guitar has um, magnetic pickups and the, the strings are magnetic, so it picks it up in the field. And everything else is just wood, so it doesn't really affect the tone that much, you know. Like people like, you know, like my buddy Brian Naughton and Valdez and Elijah, they they'll, they'll swear up and down by certain woods and pickups and everything, which makes a difference. But when you take metal around that guitar, now everything is magnetized. So, so then we made another one. Like, let's let's try it again. And then we made another one. And we're like, let's we'll put it on eBay for like, you know, like nothing, just to sell it, and we'll get the parts and then make another one. And then next it's sold. And then like, let's make another one. And then like we we were like spending so much hours and hours of labor making these things. And we're like, oh, it's it's fun, like whatever. And then like next thing you know, we started getting orders from like New York, Texas, Australia, uh, Canada. Um, all these orders around the world, and, the, and then like it, it took us so long to keep making them. <laughs> so then we thought, like, well, what if you buy like we were just buying the cheapest parts possible, and it sounded killer with the, with that. So then we're like, what if what if you take like ex- like really nice pickups and and, and put it in there? Will it, will it sound that much better? And it, and it did, but not really. Like if you take if you take a hundred dollar guitar, played it compared to like a three thousand dollar guitar, you could probably hear the difference decent. But I think a hundred dollar guitar into an oil can compared to a three thousand dollar guitar into an oil can, I don't think you can hear the difference that much, <laughs> which is crazy. 